them in Guatemala. Now, in Guatemala, of course, they would have, uh, we'd have the midnight mass, and then they'd set off bombas, What's which that? were just oh. like these Co- large Coetis. explosions, you know, and uh, large explosions. And so I'd always get to my homily, and it seemed like right at the homilies when they started setting off the bombas. how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bishop and Vickers. I'm Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane, and joining me are three pastors who serve also our diocese as vicars, Father Darren Connell, who is... Merry Christmas, listening audience. That's right. New thing, we have to introduce your voices. introduce ourselves. Yeah. Father Connell is the rector of Our Lady Lord's Cathedral and the Vicar General. Father Pat Kirst. Good day. Nice to be here. Father Pat Kirst is Pastor St. Thomas More and also Vicar for Priests. And Father Brian Mee of St. Augustine's. Buon Natale. And he's also the Vicar for Finance. We're talking uh, in this, although we're recording this show in the final days of Advent, we're speaking of Christmas. And I like just to have each of the vicars tell um, a favorite story of what Christmas growing up, maybe. I know that I have a favorite story that their, their siblings have told me that I'm going to share at the end of the show. But Father Pat <laughs> first, <laughs> tell me about what was a great memory uh, growing up uh, as a, a young boy in uh, Fort Wayne? <laughs> well, standard things, you know, waking up and hoping Santa hadn't scarfed down all the cookies and left some for us, and I wasn't about to drink the warm milk, but mm-hmm. really what I recall from from early childhood that stands out, uh, because I'm, I'm such a pious uh, child, that mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole experience of going to Mass on Christmas Eve, that was back in the days when midnight Mass uh, in most parishes really happened at midnight, and mm-hmm. that was our family custom to go, and my mom was uh, in the choir, and, and one that particularly stands out um, is the year that my younger brother, who was about eight, nine at the time, he actually sang a solo at the Did he? midnight Mass, which was quite impressive. I didn't even know he could sing, and, and he actually had a, <laughs> could very, he? Has a very pretty voice, yeah. And he, what, was, what was the song he sung? Do you remember? Did a Holy Night. Did he? Yes. God, the curse. I, I, and he hit yeah. most. He hit most of the notes. No, did he? Yeah. Huh. So, uh, this was at St. Mary in the at, Valley. St. Mary in the Valley. Yeah. So. All right, Father yeah. Connell. Yeah. The elf costume your niece said they discovered in the garage it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, what, what's your memory? So up? Christmas is about traditions and establishing new traditions. And in my family, we uh, um, had the tradition of, of putting out uh, the milk and cookies on the mantle for Santa and and. Uh, uh, one Christmas, uh, it occurred uh, to us that um, my dad said that, you know, if you think about it, Santa has a lot of, of milk and cookies to eat throughout the world tonight. Um, and he su- so he suggested that we do something a little different. And so from that Christmas forward, um, we always put out a, a, a dish of salted peanuts on the mantle. And Dad's suggestion, we put uh, on the mantle also a short glass of something called Canadian Club. <laughs> Wait, I think I heard this story. But this was an episode of Twilight Zone. No, my, really. Sure? And, then, and then on Christmas morning, uh, when, that, when that amber liquid was gone, I was so proud that my dad knew what Santa really wanted. Jeez, no, I thought it Shout was... out to you, Dad. God love yeah, you. Yeah, I thought you, still in there. Spokane, they would have had malt liquor and pork rinds. No, <laughs> it was Christmas. Okay, Canadian Club. just checking. Uh, All right. Follow me. What was the story? I know you had a sled that you borrowed from the Hutchinsons down the block, but what... What uh, what was your favorite Christmas Rosebud. memory? Rosebud. Rosebud was his uh, sled, and I burned it. But it, no, no, my I'd like to tell my most miserable uh, Christmas memory. 
Okay, that's very Irish of you, but go <laughs> Miserable on. Miserable Christmas misery. Um, the first station. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Operation Peter Pan. No. Operation Peter Pan I know Operation was, Mongoose was the invasion uh, of Cuba. Uh, well, close. Yeah. Operation Peter Pan was bringing kids over from Cuba. From Cuba. During the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, I love that crisis. And so we had three of those kids were staying with us, the Repoles. And then there was a fourth one that came for Christmas as well. How did you get them? How did we get them? Well, because there was the academy down at Colfax, oh, okay. Father oh. Stefan. No, oh, yeah, Stefan Nakabopoulos. Uh, he was involved in Ice Station for, Zebra. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, good old Ice Station Zebra. And there's still a few of the Cuban kids around, but in mm -hmm. any case... Bibi Rebozo was Cuban. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> all right, so we have four <laughs> Cuban kids all around the Christmas tree there. Well, that kind of stretched the me finances, so um, mm. Christmas came and gifts were to be opened. And I remember I opened up my first gift, and it was a pencil sharpener. Now, <laughs> that was <laughs> with a pencil. And that's it? Then I looked around for a second gift, and I think I got a T-shirt or something. Okay, that's and it. And so, of no, course, I kind of began to mope around, thinking, well, this is this is." Now, how old are you, like in high school at the time? <laughs> uh, I graduated from college. No, okay. no, no, uh, 11 or so, I think. Okay. But in any case, all right, so all, all Christmas Day... <laughs> I'm waiting. I think, well, this is, you know, they're going to surprise me yeah. with a wonderful gift. Well, Christmas, you know, the Rose Bowl is over by this time. Christmas dinner, still there's no gift. And <laughs> I go off to my room, and I've been, of course, very upset all day. Visibly shaken. And, but I realized uh, at that as well, I realized, well, what, you know, here I am wrecking Christmas for myself. So that, that memory has always stayed with me. No, as your far parents as... wrecked Christmas yeah. for you. No, 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 no. Well, no, because we had these four additional kids. Now. How long did they stay with you? Unfortunately, they stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Every Christmas they showed up. Did and I they? Pencil sharpener. No, no. But in, but in any case, no, I think what it, it helped me get to a point of recognizing Christmas really isn't hmm. about the gifts we got. But you but still have about, that pencil sharpener, don't you? Uh, boy, I think I threw it out yeah. the day after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my, my Did you? Uh, that could have been the start of your vocation. Uh, I think I left home the day or two yeah. after that, yeah. Looking for someone who'd give me something more than I think the Canadian club left home, too. Do you yeah, yeah, no, it was malt liquor. Oh. <laughs> I think <laughs> one time I remember a Christmas memory, my sister was hoping to have a, a car, my oldest sister, Irene, and... We decided to put a set of car keys in a small box underneath the tree. Oh, that's um, me. <laughs> the old switcheroo. And there was the neighbors who had a new car because their kid was back from college. And my sister saw this great car out front of the house. And it was all well and good. It was a little box that she was shaking with the keys. And then the real owner of the car got in and drove off. <laughs> my sister is your age, uh, Brian. So I think it must have been it a kind have, of experience. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, but no, no, I kind of, I, I look back on that fondly, actually. I mean, the, as I was told at the time, but didn't really appreciate well, but we have these four children from another mm -hmm. country and uh, they're sharing Christmas hmm, with that us. That was nice of the Mies to do that. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would be, uh, do you have a, what about the best Christmas you've celebrated since you've been a priest? Mm -hmm. hmm, something stood out, maybe uh, something like a white Christmas. Mm, I, well, a number of them in Guatemala. Now, Guatemala, of course. Guatemala. They would have, uh, we'd have the midnight mass, and then they'd set off 
bombas, What's which that? were just oh. like these Co large Coetis. explosions, you know, and uh, large explosions. And so I always get to my homily, and it seemed like right at the homilies when they started setting off the Funny bombas. how that worked, yeah. <laughs> now, did you have a Christmas tree And every tree there? year I was kind of duped by that because you couldn't hear a word I had to say. Uh -huh. but, but I always remembered that. And then hmm. later after that, people would come and visit after the midnight mass, bringing tamales. And oh, they were so good. So certainly uh, Christmas is in Guatemala. Very international. What about when you were a student in Rome? Well, there were... Was that after Pranzo? You, would get, <laughs> you guys would have a drink? One of the things you'd do there would be you'd go out and see all the presetti, all the um, manger sets, all the nativity sets from church to church. So mm. that's one of the things I remember in Rome. I think one of the, the <clears throat> current traditions in our diocese is kind of neat. It's the, uh, you mentioned the, the crash scene um, is Father Tom Connolly. Yes, uh, the pastor in uh, St. Mary Presentation in Deer Park. He has a he's over the years has collected uh, nativity scenes. I don't know how many does he have. A, you know, a lot, a hundred. Yeah, but he, it's, I, it was advertised. I was up there before the weekend. I wanted to come up, but people really love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, sets them all up, and people make little pilgrimages up there to look at them. And it's it's mm -hmm. it's worth it. I he when he was at St. Charles, he did that too, and. I was amazed at the number of uh, nativity scenes Seems. that he had from uh, all, all, all around, all the, around the world. From his time we traveled. He it helped to make this the most wonderful time yeah. of the year. Father Kirsch, you were about to say something. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to uh, say? As a priest, uh, uh, as a inspirational priest. Christmas you've had? I don't know if any particularly stand out. I know uh, as a rule, it's it's uh, an exciting time. Sometimes we speak a little bit disparagingly about these people that only come to Mass on Christmas, but I think that's quite wonderful that they'll at least uh, show up for for church on that mm -hmm. day, which uh, shows some some spark of faith. And, and I guess from our parish perspective, we like to try and kind of roll out the carpet and be welcoming and, and pull out all the stops on the liturgies with our music and such to, to try and make it a beautiful experience and a prayerful experience and a, and a celebration of joy. And, and so I think just in, in general, that's what has stood out as a priest in terms of trying to be that welcoming presence there. Do you, uh, I know, can, none I, of, can I piggyback on that? Sure, and circle back. Yeah, <laughs> circle back. I think it's an excellent point, and one of the things that we've thought about here at the cathedral, this is airing uh, before Christmas, and so um, for everyone who's, you know, faithfully attends Mass on, on Sunday uh, throughout the year, this really is an opportunity uh, to be, as you said, welcoming to the so-called CNE Catholics, the and uh, to, to greet people with a smile and a Merry Christmas and perhaps, you know, give up a, a pew for a guest who's there or park, you know, down, here at the cathedral, we've encouraged people to park down the block and leave the lot for our visitors um, just to offer that sense of hospitality because, you know, an act of kindness on the part of a parishioner to someone who may be just coming back once a year might be an opportunity for evangelization and leading them. And not a time to harangue to the, the people. Not a time to yeah. harangue. Nope. Now, do you do you um, wear? Uh, do you guys wear like Santa hats or something? Because I every, don't answer that question. Well, I don't do get letters that. complaining at the chancery after Christmas about so and so was seen coming up the aisle, uh, either well, smelling like Santa. Or uh, wearing a Santa hat. Well, I'm thinking of preaching on a hoverboard. Didn't a priest do that? That in was in the in, oh. in the uh, Philippines. Was no, that in the Philippines? No, I yeah. think it was in Yakima. I think uh, probably was Yakima. Probably Yakima. Was that the cathedral? The I cathedral. Think. Yeah, it was. It might have been Bishop Tyson. I, I don't it know. Could have been. He was reaching <laughs> yeah. out to the young. But now people. he's connected with Pachimama. Well, he broke his leg. Yeah, well, that's all uh, right, Jerry. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the people who, uh, any ideas? Have you worked in your homily yet? Or are you going to use the finger puppet scan, Father Kirst? I haven't started thinking about I'm that I'm going to yet, use but... a couple of homilies that Savonarola gave. 
Oh, he was a. He had. Um, who's Vonaroba? Vonaroba. <laughs> he was He's, burnt at the stake in Florence in 1498 or something. But he had some wonderful Christmas homilies, and um, I might use some of them. One is, you know, using the crib. Yeah. And he mm. says, "You who want rest or truly want rest, well, you need to go to the crib. That's where you find Christ, and in Christ you find true rest and peace." Mm. And then um, he he another time speaks of the humility that we're to have, and therefore we need to go to the crib, and there we find Christ who mm. humbled himself. I'm talking about the, I, what I've been uh, thinking about is is the crib as well, um, and and taking off on the root of the word manger, and to talk about um, food, manja, food, manja, manja bene. The, 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 that that you know the incarnation happened, and God was placed in a vessel uh, that you eat from. And make that connection um, to the Eucharist with the Eucharist, and mm. how and how and here at the cathedral we have uh, that image of the nativity in the east window, and the animals have been displaced. And I, I just I've been thinking about you know, isn't that God's role is is to displace the secular, and that and mm. that he, he has given himself as food for us, and not just now, but you know, was that every the, single day? Was that a Fulton Sheen homily you happen to read, or is that? I'm not going to give him credit because of what's happened in Peoria. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a break now. When we get back, we'll investigate life in Peoria and also uh, stories from the manger. Back, uh, there's Bishop Daly and the Vickers. We're talking about Christmas, and we left off before the break about uh, mangers. And I know that um, one of my uh, great uh, memories growing up when I was a college student, and even returning, would be at the Carmelite Monastery across from uh, USF. And there they had a very elaborate nativity scene. Now, those sisters originally, the Carmelites, were from Mexico, but they have in the statues. Uh, the uh, saints have actual cloths. They're not painted. Um, that is Mary and Joseph. Uh, but the what has always struck me in this in some nativity scenes is when the, they're not in scale. Jesus looks like the big bambino, and then he's completely he's a child, a baby, an infant, and he's half the size of Mary and Joseph. Or when they put certain animals that weren't known uh, in the Holy Land. Um, for example, when someone puts a giraffe in the uh, the manger, uh, or a fox wire hair fox wire terrier. Fire. Well, wire. there was a wire hair fox terrier um, in Vincent de Paul's a manger scene, which he got from um, and that's Louise de Marriac. Yeah, because they they gave it to me. But uh, <laughs> you have uh, what does a manger scene look like at St. Thomas More? Does it have a Standard, standard characters. We don't go beyond what's in the, mm -hmm. the scriptures. So Do you have an actual the ox, the ox, stable? The is it a stable or what it, is it? It's larger than life. It's it's a TV scene that's probably 15 feet across and stands about eight feet high. And is it? Uh, Where's it set up? It's set up out in our vestibule. Okay. So. And the cathedral. I know you've really mm -hmm. wanted a camel, but what's the price of that camel? We the small of a subcompact. They're ten thousand dollars for that yeah. thing, so we can't do that. But <laughs> um, no, we have a Fantini set. Monsignor Rivo got it many years ago, yeah. and lots of different characters and animals and sheep and shepherds mm -hmm. and kings. It's a deluxe and, set. It's what a about, deluxe. Set. What about Saint Augustine's? I would think you would have wooden carved. Oh, well, we have a new set that we just put into the grotto on. That's beautiful, by the way. Bernard. I saw that. Yeah. But now that you mentioned putting something in specific, we have some trees in behind it. 
But I think now we should have a pear tree in there hmm. because uh, in St. Augustine's uh, Confessions, he talks of, as a kid of robbing pears from a tree. So it would be appropriate to have a pear tree in the at background. St. Augustine's. At St. Yeah. Augustine's. Mm. Do you have the, when, uh, the, the children's mass, uh, do you have the kid walk in with the, the baby, baby Jesus? The Bambino Jesu? We had the Bombinelli blessing this past Sunday. Oh, where we, we called the it the Big Bambino Jesus. blessing. Wow. The yeah. Big Bambino <clears throat> Well, blessing. Bishop had the blessing here, and he yeah called it a Big Bambino. You well, called me a Big Bambino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Did you have I just read on? something on Babe Ruth. Yeah, he was a Big Bambino. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Was Bambino. No, we always we always choose a a, a, a child to, to mm-hmm. be in the opening procession at the four o'clock mass and uh, mm-hmm. lay the. Mm-hmm. Bambino Jesu in the in the manger mm-hmm. with torches and yeah you torch the baby Jesus no in the we're yeah. torches around oh. the baby Jesus <laughs> now with the manger uh, we were talking about uh, before the uh, the break or during the break that um, the, in some of the uh, authors have spoken about the wood of the manger becoming the wood of the cross uh, Father Me was talking about um, one of the Carol Auslander uh, yeah well tell us a little about that for our listening audience. Well, one of the things, not not simply uh, her, but uh, she, Carol Auslander, and uh, I think the name of the book is The Wood of the Crib, The Wood of the Cross, or something similar to that. And she makes all of these connections between the story, the nativity story is, uh, you know, telling the story of the cross as well, just as uh, Christ is bound and uh, led to the cross why he's bound in uh, swaddling clothes you know the cr- crib of the cross or the crib the the crib becomes the wood of the cross um but also thinking of that so i mean it, it's worth the read it's a simple little book but it's beautiful as far as the reflections she has but gk chesterton uh he loved the uh nativity scene of botticelli and he talked about going to the museum and looking at that, uh, the Botticelli nativity scene uh, painting. And he said even if he could walk the entire world, and uh, he would not find anything more than could be found concerning the nativity of Christ in that scene. Hmm. And uh, he too was uh, just taking the cave, you know, the cave that Christ was born in, Christ is also buried in a cave, but also in that cave, we think of it as the entrance to the underworld in which Christ went and uh, loosed the chains uh, of death, and um, or you know the captivity, those who held captive I, by death. I, uh, as I said, I'm developing that theme of the manger, and it occurs to me, just as you were talking, that um, uh, you know God rested in a manger, uh, and. And every single Sunday, you know, the manger, in that sense, uh, the altar becomes the manger when God rests on the altar uh, during Mass um, and the God whom we whom we consume. Well, it, there was one of the commentators was mentioning that the what identified Jesus wasn't the swaddling clothes, was the fact that he was laying in a manger. And a manger is really a feed box, but we don't say away in a feed box. We sing away in a manger. Away in a feed box, no grip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do we, uh, does your brother Pat still yes. sing? He does not. No. Okay. He, he, he okay. gave that off. <laughs> he gave that a long time ago. Maybe karaoke um, hit. We would hope that, in, you know, in our, all of our listening audience, that in your home, I was speaking, uh, uh, I just seemed to really get annoyed with the uh, cartoon characters that are on uh, yards and everything else. So, although in my neighborhood, there are uh, several people who have cutouts of um, 
of uh, Jesus and Mary and uh, Joseph, which I think is inspirational. Keep that focus on on what uh, the manger and Christmas is all about. Um, do you, in your greeting of parishioners, will you say Happy Holidays or will you say Merry Christmas? <laughs> Merry, uh, well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Absolutely. of course. But, yeah. Uh, and those figures, of course, as we were talking at the break, uh, there's so much a part of our culture that all of that goes away December 26th. And, uh, and of course, in the church, we maintain that season of Christmas yes. for a number of days and have some wonderful liturgical feasts, which continue to unfold that mystery of the Christ child, the revelation of of, of a God within that child. And so we have Feast of Epiphany, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus being visited by the Magi, the baptism of the Lord is revelation of Son of God, the Mary, Mother of God, uh, which again, that uh, Christ child, that human and fully human, fully divine. But of course, extending even beyond the official Christmas season, once I was in Mexico and passing a church and they had a nativity set outside the church and it was the middle end of January and I asked somebody there, said, well, why is this still out? Christmas season's over. He said, oh, no, we keep it out till February 2nd, 40 days after Christmas, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, another revelation of, of Christ as the, the mm. long-awaited Messiah. So mm. again, with those nativity sets, we're really catechizing, and and uh, by keeping it out a certain length of time, we're remembering that there's a lot of ways of in which Christ was revealed. Besides those um, major feasts that Father Chris uh, was speaking about, the Epiphany and uh, Baptism of the Lord and all of those, um, even right following on Christmas itself, we have the um, Feast of St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, the first one to die, uh, and that story is very similar to Christ's story of dying on the cross, uh, except he's stoned. Then we have um, St. John the Evangelist, St. John the Apostle, and then Holy Innocence. But um, T.S. Eliot writes Murder in the Cathedral, and it's about the murder of Thomas Beckett, whose feast day is on December 29th. And uh, in the play, Murder in the Cathedral, uh, he has a reflection on each one of those days. So if anyone wants a short read, T.S. Eliot, Murder in the Cathedral, he goes into, kind of, he goes into a spirituality or into uh, the deeper meaning of how each one of those feast days speaks uh, to us, but also speaks of uh, the Lord becoming incarnate. In addition to, uh, you know, that piece, it reminds me of, uh, I think, I don't know if you all would agree with this, but I think some of the, uh, the, the hymns with some of the richest theology come from the Advent and the Christmas season, um, speaking about the incarnation, the relationship between uh, the incarnation and, and salvation and you know the whole connection with Jesus's birth and his death I think of the 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 um, the magi and and what is that hymn um uh, it's the most no no uh, we three we three kings uh, <laughs> yes, are bringing the the gifts that that point to his death his passion mm -hmm. death and and resurrection there's this rich connection uh with incarnation and salvation that that so I guess I've encouraged my people here to, as we go through the season, uh, to really pay attention to the to the lyrics of the hymns, uh, because they are they are quite beautiful. What's your favorite each uh, your favorite Christmas uh, hymn? Favorite oh, Christmas hymn. I have a lot, but um, one of mine is "Behold the Mystical Rose." Hmm. Um, that's up, beautiful. A few bars. I don't is, know is that, is that by Elvis Presley? The Mystical Rose. Yeah, that sounds on. like an old drinking song. It's an old. It's actually English medieval, I think. Huh. Mm. But 
I think uh, Cromwell used to sing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank oh, Bishop, you. What's your favorite Oh, one? he wouldn't celebrate Christmas. Oh, Bishop, you're not a fan of, of Joy to the World, so I, I, won't, yeah, I won't say that one. Yeah, that annoys but, but me. But I do like the Hark the Herald Angels sing. That's a great one. Yeah. That's where we'll go when I celebrate Mass. But then I've added a new one. And Father Connell uh, graciously agreed to. Um, I didn't have any choice. <laughs> yeah, what is it? it it's is it? it's it's the French Noel, but it's it's. Uh, I forget what it is, but it sounds. It's good. It's the French Noel that yeah. the choir has to. Has they been, have to. They'd be on a crash course to he sing. Just, he just yeah. told uh, two our director ago. two days ago. You have <laughs> yeah. to learn this. But I do like our Rusty Mary gentlemen. because we had gone uh, astray. Rusty Mary yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, there's so many beautiful carols. Yes. We always no. open to come all you faithful. With yes, the I want that symphony also. brass and yeah. the torches and the yeah, flags. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to have my, flags, some of my family flags, members. Yeah. Flags, oh, flags flying up the flags, Nile. Flags, yes. Flags flying. All the flags of the yeah. nations. Nation flags. Yes. Um, we have someone, that, we have the ambassador from Cairo coming to the cathedral, evidently. I don't know what that is, but... Um, Bishop, I have a... Talking about rich texts and mm -hmm. things, I have a, a prayer that we use um, at the cathedral before our... It's placed before the the nativity set, uh, the mm -hmm. the manger scene, and I'm wondering if uh, sure let's we could, uh, uh, maybe we end with that prayer. So yeah. uh, right before the the manger scene, uh, we have this. Lord Jesus Christ, I kneel before your crib in profound gratitude for your coming into the world to save us from our sins. Even though you lie here as a helpless infant. I firmly believe that you are God of infinite majesty and power. That power is revealed in your triumph over Satan, sin, and everlasting death. I am fully aware that the wood of this manger leads to the wood of the cross. As I kneel here with the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, please guide and direct my own family. Bless them, heal them, and keep them always in your divine love. From Christmas Day forward, Help me to seek your greater honor and glory in all aspects of my life. One day, sweet Jesus, please allow me to be admitted to the kingdom of heaven, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit as one God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Connell. Again, we, to our listening audience, we ask that you continue to pray for our world, our nation, uh, our church, that uh, the Good news of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, our Savior, which we celebrate at Christmas, will bring much joy and hope in the new year. God bless all of you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.